You think we'll make it? Not without my team. We do this together. All the way. All the way. Doesn't this like movie feel like it should just be advertised with that song? Y'all know what I'm talking about from Ice Age and whatnot. What's it called? The rusted. All the way. All the way. Was it rusted? Rusted root. All the way. And it's like, I like to reach up my and I sell you now. And I sell you now. All the way. Oh, oh. <laughs> Does it not sound like that? All right. All right. We're welcome back, everybody. This is <laughs> welcome back to the Look It Out podcast. This is your host, Elias Roush. This podcast is sponsored by EliasRoushMedia.com. Photo, video, digital media production. Sorry. If I had to uh, isolate about half of the audience that was actually coming here for the Finch film movie review, it's actually my debut for the all the way. Oh, 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 all the way. <laughs> it's uh, I'm, I'm just messing y'all. So, um, yeah. So what do we have here? We basically have the crossover of Castaway meets I Am Legend. So what does that even mean? Okay, so we have Castaway, which is uh, the Tom Hanks of it all. We have Tom Hanks in an apocalyptic movie. He builds a robot, and he has a dog. And it's directed by Miguel Sapochnik. And Miguel Sapochnik, I did a little bit of research on him. We basically know him majorly from Game of Thrones for directing some of the most memorable uh, uh, episodes in Game of Thrones. But before that, he had started his work back on uh, the show House. He worked on Fringe, Falling Skies, um, which uh, Falling Skies, I believe, was an Amblin and Spielberg production as well. And so he's joining back up with Amblin again in this so um yeah Sapochnik has made his way through television starting on you know base you know it, I wouldn't say house is basic television but it's it is cable television on what was it on USA or something and he's made his way all the way through to um you know HBO being on Game of Thrones being on a uh, director of Master of Sex True Detective um we're not going to talk about Iron Fest and uh, I have not seen Altered Carbon um in in full so um he is also going to be the showrunner and an executive producer, if not the executive producer, or one of them, of the new House of Dragon, the Game of Thrones uh, show about uh, Daenerys' house. Um, so, Finch. Finch is a 2021 American post-apocalyptic science fiction drama film directed by Miguel Sapochnik from a screenplay written by Craig Luck and Ivor Powell. The film stars Tom Hanks, and the robot is voiced and uh, motion-captured by Caleb Landry Jones. Most people might not know exactly who Caleb Landry Jones is right off the top of your head, but You've seen him in a lot of things. He's kind of one of these actors that's kind of like an enigma. First of all, I believe he is the son of Will, Willem Dafoe, and he's also been in movies, and I believe, believe he was uh, Banshee in X-Men First Class. He was Jeremy Ar Armitage in Get Out, really despicable uh, 
uh, character in that one. Um, he was Red Wembley in Three Billboards Outside of Ebbing, Missouri. Um, he's been in tons of memorable roles. Also, before I continue on in the, bi uh, the biography, I just want to say, what up, Haytham? I, I know you out there listening to the podcast. I just want to say, what up, dog? Thank you for listening, watching, looking at our podcast, supporting, and subscribing to the podcast. Couldn't do it without viewers like yourself uh hatham is one of my buddies that has actually been on the podcast a few times so if you're curious about you know all that other stuff check out uh, i believe it was on the last aftercast you can hear some some hatham goodness on there so this is uh the bio for uh finch the film was released uh sorry the film was announced as bios that was the name of it. In October 2017, filming took place through New Mexico from February um, to May 2019. So this wasn't even really a, a, a full on pandemic, quote unquote, shot movie. Um, so I was like, oh, shit, I thought that this was going to this was one of the movies that was shot during it because the way that it feels like. It was captured was that there was always Tom Hanks just by himself. And it didn't really feel like he ever shared screen with anybody um, during this, the majority of the movie. So um, I thought that this was going to be a pandemic quote unquote shot movie. The film was scheduled to be released in schedule. Uh, the film was scheduled to be released in theaters in the United States by uh, Universal Pictures on October 2nd, 2020, but was delayed several times due to the COVID-19 pandemic. It was retitled Finch and sold to Apple Plus, Apple TV Plus, and was released on November 5th, 2021. It's interesting that they had shot this relatively fast, in my opinion, February to May 2019. Uh, so they've probably been sitting on this for a little bit. And I know that some uh, studios were a little bit extra sensitive about how they were releasing apocalyptic, pandemic type, end of the world type media to um, the general population. Because most people didn't want to watch that at this time, you know, just because of what everyone has been having to go through in the real world. Um that it's kind of hard to sell, you know, an escapist apocalyptic film when it kind of feels like we're almost living that ourselves in a, in, in a way as well. So, yeah, directed by Miguel Spotnik, written by Craig Luck, Ivan Powell. Um, we basically have two stars in it. Uh, the cinematography, Do Joe Willem. I, I don't really see too much about them on this uh, tab right here, but I did like the uh, the cinematography in this. I thought it was a beautifully shot movie. It really reminded me of kind of the wide scaping landscape landscape shots, like they had Nomad Land. It was just like someone had like a nature doc in a way. It felt like a nature documentary filmmaker was filming an apocalyptic film in a way. It, it, a lot of beautiful shots in the same realm that um i am legend had as well a very big wide huge scaling uh, uh apocalyptic cities it's just like whoa it's like holy shit um let me see what this, see if i can find anything about this cinematography real quick because i was pretty actually impressed <clears throat> currently sitting at a seven out of ten imdb rating and i kind of agree for everyone that has um, wanting to know about the actual uh, 
back and forth of it. Okay, so we have all cast and crew. Is this the first thing that they Joe Willems has been the cinematographer on? Okay, so this is the same cinematographer as Hard Candy 05. I have not actually seen that, but heard good things. And same cinematographer as uh, Hunger Games, Mockingjay, and cinematographer of His House. Not too familiar with their work. Oh, American Gods. Okay, and all Hunger Games. I see that. So, um, and Limitless. Okay, so yeah, they got some decent stuff under their belt. I don't know why they're not really listed under more things. But anyways, let's hop off the less uh, the more technical things. Um, and let's go to the plot of the film a little bit more in detail. So from here on, we're going to discuss um, the plot a little bit more in detail, the things we like, things we didn't like. I kind of gave you basically everything technical about it is really well done. I think the acting on uh, uh, Tom Hanks' part is amazing. I think he really embodied the role. He lost the weight. He's He's aged tremendously well. I mean, I, I know this was shot two years ago, but still, he looks great in this. He doesn't look like he's that much older than he was, you know, 20 years ago or something like that. But um, but he does um, play this role amazingly well. I think he's the king of the O-nos and always being kind of competent in his job and always willing to be the captain to go down with his ship. I think that those are the roles he's always playing. He's always playing, you know, uh, Captain Phillips, you know, Finch. He's always playing the the guy that can do the thing, you know, and I, I, I can't say anything bad about that. I like the guy that can do the thing, that can do the thing well. Um, for me, going into this movie, I was expecting Tom Hanks to have an emotional rapport with the robot. My biggest problem in the non-spoiler section of this movie is Tom Hanks and I think uh, the robot, uh, I, I, he gives it a name. It gives the robot a name. I, I'll go ahead and tell you. I, I don't think it's a, it, it's, it's not really a, there's no reason to say it's a spoiler or anything, but his name is Jeff. So uh, Hanks as Finch and Jeff, their rapport is, it's kind of based on a little bit of friction and it's, it's got this uh, element of Hanks kind of being the straight man and Finch is kind of being the curious robot and, you know, looking at all his stuff and being the curious individual in this. Sometimes the curious individual in this in this plot, it's either I think in Transformers, they kind of had the same thing with with Bumblebee. Um, they had and I believe that was actually Amblin Entertainment as well. Um, they've had this formula so many times with uh, aliens from outer space. Think E.T. Um, think uh, other A.I. movies based off of this. I, I was thinking in the way that he was kind of like an inventor. Think of Robin Williams uh, as an inventor. I, I kind of thought of that when he was uh, – in flubber i know that movie was not critically acclaimed or anything like that but as an inventor making these robotic things i was very very reminiscent of that um so basically what i'm getting down to is i don't think the robot is the heart of the movie and i think i'm not sure if the movie knows that until the very end 
Um, but it's the dog is the heart of the movie. And of course the dog is the heart of the movie for anybody. That's a dog lover. Like me, a dog lover. Like me. That's, that sounds weird. Uh, uh, that loves dogs like me, <laughs> a dog lover like me. No fucking, uh, that, um, uh, you know, loves to see, uh, a great dog on screen acting and not having them do all these crazy, you know, Scooby-Doo antics and making all of these, uh, sounds every time they look at the dog and cut to the b-roll of the dog and saying stuff like oh my goodness um yeah let the dog just look at the actor of tom hanks and let tom hanks act and have the dog in the scene and i feel like this movie understands that miguel sabachnik understands that these two um have uh, they they have chemistry as uh, on screen, and I think that that's where the heart of the movie is. Um, despite the majority of the movie saying um, Jeff the robot, him learning to be a human and to trust uh, to whether he should trust or shouldn't trust, and what he should do and what he shouldn't do, um, w- was that the heart? And I honestly don't think it was. It was the the bond and the connection that Hanks was trying to go for for the dog. So. You know, with saying that, let's kind of go into a little bit more of a spoiler section in in the plot. I will say the um, let me see. Uh, I thought the pacing was pretty good. There was a couple times we sat down a few times, and I was like, "All right, the the pacing is coming to a little bit of a standstill." Um, the beginning with some of the music felt a little bit too lighthearted at first, but I was like, "I know what this is going to do. It's going to." pull the rug out from under us and be like oh shit you know we're like oh fuck it's going to be really sad at the third the third act of this movie i didn't know how dark it was going to get it does get we're gonna uh start to get into uh spoilers as of um right now but you know it, it gets into a a a predictably dark mode that i thought it was going to hit but i think it still lands in a way that um I would still recommend it if you have this relatability. Um, if it it's not quite as dark as what I am legend gets to, if you know what I mean. But it it's not exactly not as dark as I am legend in, in the same realm. So I think people are going to like Finch better than I am legend because of the note that it sets at the end. Um, so let's hop into the plot of Finch. Twenty twenty one. Ten years have passed since a solar flare destroyed the ozone layer, increasing temperatures to 150 degrees Fahrenheit and turning the planet Earth into a largely uninhabitable wasteland scorched by ultraviolet radiation and subject to extreme weather events. So one thing about Miguel Spochnik, he's always good at showing these big, high scale, high intense moments in basically all of his cinema and all of his mediums that he's created. Um, Game of Thrones wise and stuff like that. All of all of the stuff he's created was hugely scale, probably cost a whole bunch, boatload of money. This was um, I don't have the the budget on this. Um but I got to say, this movie looked great. I the, From the technical angles, I was really impressed from it. And that's what kind of kept me 
engaged any time that I thought my my mind would start to wander. And so I did see an article about a solar flare happening in real life, that there's going to be a solar flare from the sun apparently in a couple months. And it's going to like, I don't know, I, I don't know if it's supposed to be like anything serious or anything like, like this shit. But um, I have heard of minor things like solar flares actually happening and possibly being damaging. But it, it's crazy to actually think about after after experiencing the last two years of being on Earth during the COVID-19 pandemic and basically having everything come to a standstill, I'm not putting anything off the table. Everything is up for debate. I feel like the, uh, you know, we the science fiction movies that we were watching 10 years ago, like, remember Contagion and shit like that? We covered that. It almost became too real. So, when they were talking about having Finch, Finch was talking about having this solar flare destroying the ozone and all, t- temperatures increasing to 150 degrees, which is also 70 degrees Celsius. 150 degrees, if your skin is out in the middle of direct sunlight, you freaking get fried. It's like, holy Santa Claus. Just like, I, I got you. Like, that would, it feels probable. It definitely feels probable if it was like, the ecosystem was the ozone system was destroyed or whatever. So, um, one of the few survivors, robotics engineer Finch Weinberg, lives alone with his dog Goodyear and a helper robot Dewey in an underground St. Louis laboratory owned once owned by the company he worked for by before the cataclysm. I gotta say, Dewey. I was like, Dewey looks like he's subject. He's going to be going down, you know, moderately soon. I thought that Dewey was going to be completely out of commission when he got his eyes removed to be put in um, Jeff. But I was just like, oh shit, he's still going. And the one thing about the robots, as almost as soon as they're programmed, we basically join Tom Hanks the the first day that he creates um, Jeff. But when he's uploading all this information to Jeff and he Jeff is coming to life almost instantly, one of the first things that happens is like the power goes out when Jeff is being talked to when Tom Hanks is making contacting him. He's saying, hello, uh, you know, do you understand me? And he's nodding his head The the power goes out and J- the power uh, uh, Jeff has to um, he's like he's powered down for a second and then the lights turn back on and then. The Jeff, the robot, looks at the dog and he's like, oh, shit. And I'm like, oh, my God, this is that kind of movie. It's it's the kind of movie where they give the robot uh, the personality of like a six year old. And (laughs) I was it's like a six year old that can cuss or something like that. I don't know. But I'm like, oh, my gosh, this robot instantly. I started tweeting about this. I was like. I was looking at the hashtag Finch on Twitter, sorry, Twitter as well. And I was like, oh my God, this robot's going to be fucking unbearable. I'm not going to be able to deal with this. And I'm going to have to rely on Hank's. Uh, Hank's straight edge character is going to have to be like, uh, you know, basically the Shrek to the donkey of, you know, 
<laughs> trying to keep him contained because the fucking robot is just walking all over the place, getting excited. Like he has emotions and stuff like that. And it's something that I'm not really sure the, the movie really is reckoning with that. There is so much um, for such a, a high concept of a movie. There is so much that is going on behind the scenes of dude, you created AI like a couple times. It's like, and and there's random things about the plot that are like, why are you stressing about this? You've created a literal robot that can do nearly anything, it feels like. I know that there's like within some sort of realm that he can only do so much. But um, and then there's this increasing temperature that he has to worry about. And obviously the, the extreme weather events. But I didn't I didn't 100 percent see that. He was completely screwed. I was like, dude, you need to be making like 10 of these. They all need to be doing work for you all around the clock. You need to have about 20 different suits. Dude, if there's people out there, it would be like if Iron Man was really nice, kind of poor, and stuck in The Walking Dead almost. <laughs> like making a robot like this, like, dude, you would be set. You shouldn't be ever be afraid. You should have like 10 of these lined up. I, I was just going through the roof of, in my head. I was like, oh my gosh, dude, if you had a couple of these Jeffs, you would be freaking set. So anyways, going back to the thing, um, Finch lives alone and you find out very quickly about how much he cares about his dog. I mean, it, the, the music swells up every time the, the dog and, um, Goodyear and um, uh, uh, and Hanks are together. It's like, oh my goodness. So, I think the dog's name Seamus. I don't know. Let me see. Um, and get this dog an award. I was like, oh my gosh, he, he's killing me at the end. Um, so Finch only ventures outside to, to search for supplies uh, with a heat and ultraviolet rate uh, resistant protective suit. I thought it was cool to see the logistics of the world. It kind of did remind me of how um, Matt Damon had to suit up in um, The Martian when he was uh, stuck up there. Um, dying of cancer, Finch is working on creating a more advanced humanoid robot companion to take care of his dog once he is gone. Um, and so when this is happening, instant, I was like, okay, third act, this is going to be very sad. <laughs> I was like, uh, I was like, it's all going to depend about how sad, though. Finch feeds it volume uh, feeds uh, it volumes of encyclopedia knowledge, including a manual for training and caring for dogs. However, Goodyear initially doesn't trust the robot, which eventually chooses the name Jeff. The robot does. Um, and this was kind of predictable in a way. I just thought that I was like, all right, it's it's a will they won't they kind of thing. I just thought Jeff as the robot. Um, you know, him having all of these emotions didn't really make 100% sense for me. It kind of just felt like um, uh, Hanks wanted it to have, uh, like, practicality, but it, it seemed like the emotional part was what he was like, oh, I kind of fucked up on that. You know, I probably shouldn't have done that. <laughs> but um, when they leave, um, okay, I'll, I'll tell you here about in a second. When a massive storm approaches St. Louis and predicted to last 40 days, and you see that he's on his last can of peaches. I remember when I, uh, I was watching this last night and finished it this morning. When I watched it last night, he opens up that can, a jar of peaches, 
And I was like, my God, I think they could slap a Dole commercial on that and I would be sold. I'd need about three jars of peaches after seeing that. It looks so delicious. So, and like I said, it looked like uh, Hanks had dropped, you know, pretty a lot of weight for this movie. He, he was pulling his castaway kind of style with the rag, scraggly beard and, um, you know, the Wilson of it all. And, um, yeah, I was very, I was surprised how much he had committed to this. So, and I was trying the the whole time I was trying to think about who directed this. I was like, I feel like I can, I can taste the director in my mouth. Like I can, I'm like, hmm, kind of taste a little bit like a, like a Robert Zemeckis a little bit. Cause I knew that Zemeckis had worked on Castaway with, uh, Hanks again. And, um, I was trying to figure out who it was and the emotional ties at the end, and, and of course, Zemeckis loves using like new uh, tech and stuff like that. So I was like, it's got to be like some sort of Zemeckis. But he, Zemeckis is actually the, the director of um, uh, Castaway, is actually just an executive producer. And so I was surprised when I saw it was Miguel Zapachnik that was able to, you know, get this much emotion out of me. I was like, I was, I was torn at the end. Um, so. When a massive storm approaches St. Louis and predicted to last 40 days, Finch, Jeff, Dewey, and Goodyear set out in a motorhome towards San Francisco. San Francisco. Because of uh, the hasty departure, only 72% of the data, data could be uploaded to Jeff and only has the mental capacity of a child. I don't remember them officially saying that in the movie, but it's basically true. It feels like he's like an eight-year-old in a in a, in Superman's body. It's like it's almost kind of ridiculous. But he doesn't know how to do anything. Um, or sorry, think of more or less an eight-year-old in like Arnold Schwarzenegger's body because he's like really big, really. I mean, pretty tall, not not substantially, but I mean, he would be pretty scary to have to deal with if you had to take him down. Um, despite his uh, condition condition worsening. Um, Finch still tries to teach Jeff some valuable lessons about life and how to protect, uh, protect, uh, Goodyear. And of course this is, you know, starting to go down the path. I'm like, oh gosh, this is going to wreck me later. Um, Jeff's inquisitive behavior both amuses and frustrates Finch and things come to a head when Jeff inadvertently stumbles into a trap. And it's like, there's a couple of things that like Jeff is fucking up and he's like trying to drive. He's just like looking around on the, you know, when they're on a road trip and like someone's getting on someone's nerves, it's mostly because the passenger is, you know, you know, searching through all the CDs or all of the, their other stuff. And the other person's like, Hey, stop, you can't do that. Don't look at that. And it's like, it's like, all right, well, that's going to obviously come back a little bit later. And so, what that ends up being is Jeff is looking through basically all his postcards and and finds out you know some some backstory about Finch that you know wasn't so great about with his father's relationship and stuff like that. I feel like it's a little bit underserved a little bit because it's mostly told and not shown. But then again, that would really only hand us some more backstory if we got maybe another 30 minutes with them. But I do think the pacing of this um, movie is pretty good. So it's probably good. It's best left out, not shown. So, um, yeah, we uh, we see a couple instances of Jeff fucking up. You know, he tries to drive. He runs. And when he's driving and uh, 
they're at like a diner or something like that. Uh, Finch is running down. He's like, "Hey, you need to you need to bring that back." And that's when you kind of realize how uh, dangerous the sun is to Hanks and the dog because if they go if they leave the shadows, then they're going to be fried by the sun. Um, and he's already got cancer. I'm sure the sun's basically just cooking everything in sight. So, um, with saying that, uh, yeah, there's like a couple of different instances of Hanks like yelling at Jeff, and it's like, dude, you just, he's like, I know you're born yesterday, but fuck. And it's like several times, it's like, all right, dude, just give it a rest, man. It's a fucking robot for crying out loud. And you clearly see Jeff gets gets upset. Like, I don't know how many times you see Jeff just put his head down. He's like, no, it's like, all right, it's fucking Wally over here. Um, If you were going to yell at it, Tom Hanks, then don't <laughs> don't give it such uh, so much emotion, Um, which honestly, I was like, where does the emotion from this robot even come from? Um, on top of the voice, I know a lot of people are going to say things about this robot voice. It's like, oh, how are you doing, Finch? You know, it, it really is a fucking robot voice to the point where I'm like, in the future, I'm pretty sure robot voices are going to sound even more fluent than they are now. And I feel like, uh, you know, the echo devices we have these days can easily sound better than that. Even our computers that have that. So I just felt like they could have tuned up the voice modulation a little bit so it wasn't quite as robotic um i really enjoy how they did the transformers bumblebee with talking through the radio but that wouldn't really make make much sense in the apocalypse but um still i i wish they had found a little bit smoother way to give his give his voice so knowing all of that finch dewey uh finch jeff dewey and goodyear set out in a motorhome towards um San Francisco. Because of the hasty departure, they only got 70% of the data in, in Jeff. Um, despite his condition worsening, Finch still tries to teach valuable lessons um, about life and how to protect Goodyear. And by this time, we're told straight up why Jeff's existence is. You know, he's here to protect Goodyear once uh, Finch is done, you know, out. Can no longer do it. Jeff's inquisitive behavior both amuses and frustrates Finch. It's one of those things where it's like they do it several times. It's like, all right, we have the really calm inventor doing, you know, paying attention to something. And then in the background, it's it's something like Jeff running in the background, being taught how to walk. He's like, when do, when do, when do. Or he's driving in the background. He's like, oh, God. You know, it kind of it, it very much evoked uh, the E.T. vibes of I think E.T. tries to, to drive on one point. I, I can't remember off the top of my head. It's been a long time since I've seen that. But there's multiple times of like Jeff acting crazy in the background while, uh, you know, we got our main character uh, trying to do his thing. So um, Jeff and um, Jeff's inquisitive behavior both amuses and frustrates Finch. And things come to a head when Jeff inadvertently stumbles into a trap, which in which Dewey is destroyed. I thought this was an interesting trap at first. It's a fucking intense uh and it's a relatively intense scene i i will say when they give jeff the jacket i was like what is going on with this jacket it fucking reminded me of like something they gave vin diesel in fast and furious straight bro bro status and he was like yo have attitude and so there's this part 
around this midsection of the movie where Hanks is really fucking sick. And this is when Dewey and Jeff go out on their own. And it's kind of, it's kind of cute having them basically be the new Tom Hanks and dog, um, team up version. You're like, Oh shit, I think I'm going to get a little buddy film of this. And of course they, they, they split up and I like how Jeff is literally repeating everything that, um, Finch was saying the entire movie and before it was kind of cute, kind of funny, uh, good callbacks. It got a lot. You got to like a good callback. And so with all of that, the dog, uh, sorry, not the dog, Dewey, the, the uh, basically it's a robot dog. It's not, it's not a literal robot dog, but it's the stand in for, um, Goodyear. Dewey is trying to get a box of cookies and he falls into a literal bear trap and gets destroyed. And I was like, Hmm, is this going to be the emotional beat for the, the third act of the movie? Is this like who we're going to lose? And I was, it was kind of just like prepping me for what was really going to happen. But, you know, Dewey is found by Finch. And at that point, he's like, fuck, you know, he's like really, really upset at Jeff. And it feels like all Jeff is doing is trying to listen and repeat to what Finch is doing. And all Finch is doing is yelling at him at this point. He's like, do you even fucking listen? Are you over here doing all this shit? I tell you one thing and you got to go as a team and you got to do this. And you gotta, oh God. And then, uh, and then all of a sudden they start hearing rumbling in the jungle of this like warehouse they're at. He's like, this is a fucking trap. You know, uh, he's not obviously cussing. This is not, this is probably a PG it could be a PG movie. I don't even think I have the uh, actual. Let me see. Um, I'm curious what this is. It's probably PG-13, but it could be PG. Um, I don't have. Let me see. IMDb. PG-13. Yeah. So. Yeah, because I don't really feel like there's like much blood in this at all so anyways yeah he's yelling at jeff and he, of course this is another time you just feel bad for jeff you're like mm, sad jeff okay so um so yeah dewey's destroyed i was like i didn't really care about dewey anyway because i didn't really feel like he's gonna go far I, honestly i thought my uh, i my guess for what was going to happen in the, the third act i thought jeff was going to get destroyed because i thought jeff was going to be the heart of the movie and he was going to be the one that was destroyed, we're going to be like, oh, fuck, where's Jeff? How are we going to save Jeff? And then we're going to go to Dewey, who's been in the closet the whole time, and we're going to put his eyes back in his head, and we're going to have Jeff back in Dewey's body. I thought that that was what was going to happen. But turns out Dewey just gets destroyed, and it's all fucked. Um, so Jeff and Finch are, like, trying to get out of this trap. Um, and the group is pursued by another survivor. However, Finch forgives Jeff after it helps him and Goodyear avoid imminent capture. Um, I will say that they literally just drive out of um, like whatever city they're in. They're not in San Francisco at this point. I don't remember if, if we're if we're told what city they're in. They drive out of the city they were just in and. They're followed by another car for fucking hours, it feels like. And Jeff, at this point, can finally drive. He's been taught how to drive. Um, but, of course, they have to get off on an underpass and stuff like that and uh, go under an underpass. Or sorry, go under an overpass. And when they're going under the bridge, 
their entire solar panels get to wipe the fuck off the top of the uh of the rv that they're driving and i tell you the rv is completely decked out i will say i love the design very memorable design of the rv it reminded me in the same style of like the the heisenberg uh mixing rv but i will say this has its own sense of style as the it it was one of those things that if you were a real sci-fi nerd it would be one of those trucks that you would want is like a small model or something like that like this is one of those cool memorable um sci-fi trucks so the entire upper deck of the um the solar panels destroyed on top of their rv so um naturally they're upset at each other this is the low point of the movie it's like all right this you know they got to get mad at each other and then all of a sudden they got to come back and then they got to get mad at each other and they come back and so basically um they they're okay they keep on driving and off and on through this entire movie i haven't really said how much tom uh tom hanks's character finch is just coughing up blood he's like bah, bah. i was like oh my gosh this is so hard to watch i seeing actors cough after uh covid19 is just even harder to watch especially because now that i'm i'm thinking about it wasn't tom hanks one of the first celebrities off the top of my head that was reported to have covid19 so it's just hard to watch this at some points so um yeah especially um this this next scene seen a couple scenes coming up were extremely hard for me to watch especially having um lost my father within the last year and a half to uh pancreatic cancer and his dog very much in the same realm was so much like goodyear and um and goodyear basically acted exactly as my father's dog did as my my pops was on his deathbed i'm not trying to get sad or anything like that but i was having an ex- a really intense emotional reaction watching all this because i was like holy shit everything that was happening with um uh finch's character from stumbling to kind of being irritable to not being able to take care of themselves i felt like i was in the shoes of jeff much of this third act of the movie and it was very hard to watch um and then even from watching the dog the dog laying beside him being upset as he was as he was gone i was torn up i was torn up y'all um so Approaching their destination, the UV radiation has dropped low enough for Finch to be able to step out into the sunshine without a protective sh- uh, suit. I thought it was very beautiful how they showed. I know initially they run into a butterfly and I think kill it, but I was like, oh shit. I, I, I instantly knew that that meant that there was going to be life. A lot of apocalyptic movies love to have life at the very end of the movie. Some sort of greenery, some sort of hopefulness. Um, but this was extra sad, mostly because it's like they finally made it and he is like in his Sunday best. He has got all white on. He looks like he's got his Colonel Sanders, Colonel Sanders, uh, hat, white hat on, um, white, white, um, suit looked like he was ready to have a day at the beach and so they're just sitting out there and he's teaching finch uh sorry finch is teaching jeff how to uh you know uh throw the tennis ball so what does he say he spends an afternoon outside with jeff teaching it how teaching um 
the robot how to play fetch with Goodyear before quietly dying. And it's not one of those quietly dying. I thought that it, they were going to be playing fetch uh, like Jeff and Goodyear were going to be playing fetch. And then we're going to turn around and he's like just falling asleep in his um, chair. It is not, it is not quite that, um, that simple. Literally, the dog sees it, uh, Goodyear sees it at first, and then Jeff turns around, and it is a slow reveal. It, it tore me up. I was like, oh, fuck. We're going to go as far as him coughing up blood and shit like that. I was kind of kind of navigating this movie as a um, uh, an Apple Plus movie as well. I need to stop doing that because I kind of set a, a, a family guard or a family expectation that they have to that meet or there's like a threshold. I'm like... Oh, it's it's going to be sad, but it's not going to be too sad kind of thing. This shit was – it didn't feel strung out, but it felt very elongated that made it more difficult for me to watch, especially for how relatable it was seeing um, what felt like my father in the same, same footsteps uh, not too long ago. So I know my emotional and visual reaction is going to be so much more different than everyone else. But when I was looking on Twitter to make sure that I wasn't the only one out there, that I think a lot of people did enjoy this movie. A lot of people had uh, appreciation for this third act, and I think that the real emotional ties were shown there. The first two acts were more or less like a 7 out of 10, but this last act got me so emotionally riled up. I I was like still bawling after the uh the the credits had gone. I was like, man, fuck, don't forget me on my feelings, man. I was like, God damn. <laughs> I, was, I was not ready for this because I was tweeting at the beginning of the movie. I was like, y'all, I'm not feeling this movie, uh, this robot in this movie. So by the end, it fucking wrecked me. I'm telling y'all. So, um, and of course, like I said, I had a more closer tie and a closer relation to it than a lot of people will. Jeff and Goodyear make their way to San Francisco, finding the city habitable but deserted, and set out to finding any surviving humans. I will say before we close out, um, the end of the movie, um, before he really gets sick, there is a point where he's talking about how he couldn't save this young girl's family and uh this young girl um this her mother these these guys that were trying to like rob them and just craziness was happening and i got that that's where he got goodyear from and that was one of the most cutest scenes the reveal of the dog being you know in coming out of the tire of the backpack where he was scared and stuff so um that was that I was instantly like, oh my god, I love this dog, um, and so I was trying to figure out like, did the girl get killed somehow? I I, I didn't see exactly. It, it blurs out what happens exactly to the girl, the mother, and the two gangsters. I guess that were trying to rob them, but I I guess that she killed everybody, including herself. I I was a, really didn't understand the logistics of how the girl wasn't still alive. I, from what he had described, it sounded like the girl killed everybody, including her mother on accident, but she might've, I, I, it's from based off of the dog being the only survivor. It sounds like she took her own life too on accident, but I don't really know. Uh, y'all let me know in the comment section. If you, uh, 
got that a little bit better. I don't see anything on here about it. Um, but yeah, this, uh, this is the end of Finch 2021. And like I said, it was, uh, the tone of the movie is more or less, uh, action, action with a sprinkle of comedy here and there, the majority of it. And then towards the very end, it gets way more heavier with the dramatic beats and plot parts of it. Some of it clashed in tonal, um, thematic ways. I, well, not thematic, but tonal ways of how the robot was acting versus how, um, how dark, dark and bleak the world was. I will say some, there was a little bit of that tonal clash, but overall, I had the emotional reaction. I always say, like, I have to have an emotional reaction to have some sort of, you know, eight or above on the scale of eight out of ten. Um, and I think the majority of people are going to feel around about an eight out of ten. And I would say that because of the look, the feel, the the texture of the movie feels very real. I felt like there was two scenes that really stuck out off the top of my head that didn't look absolutely gobsmackingly beautiful because um, I was just like, holy shit, this is exactly what the world looks like or exactly what the world's going to look like if this were to happen. Um, Hopefully, hopefully this isn't like some sort of prequel like Contagia was. My God, we do not need this shit happening. That'd that'd be a nightmare already. Um, But yeah, and, and I think what they say that the increasing the temperatures to 150 degrees, I don't think anything would be able to live in the, at that point. Even if the temperature had come down 50 degrees to 100, I don't know if he would be able to just stand out there in that white suit. You would have to come down like uh, such a substantial amount. If you go to the the technicals and the the scientific part of this movie, and he thought about the implications of uh, parts of the world being 150 degrees, it would be in ruins. There would be like no water. There would be like extreme. There would be extreme weather. There would be just such craziness going on. The the, the animals would be mutated. It, it would be just uh, unlivable, uninhabitable. I don't know. Um, I will say I do like the 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 look of the robot. It was all in the voice and nothing to do with Caleb Landry Jones because you couldn't tell it was really him. But I just don't – I was not crazy about the robot voice, even though I kind of still hear it in my head. I was like, Finch. You know, it 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 still sounds like a robot, but it has, like, emotion. It feels like one of the robot voices you would have heard in, like, WALL-E, but not as the main character. Um, which is why it surprised me that they chose this voice. I was like, this is not the, I thought he was going to change the voice a couple of times. Like normally that's what happens. And it felt like they just decided not to change it at all. So that was probably, you know, just a nitpick on my end, but yeah, I did have a, a reaction, a reaction. I had an emotional reaction to this and uh, yeah, I, I would recommend it on, on that note as well. Um, Finch 2021. Thank you for listening, watching Look It Out Podcast. Be sure to go to lookitoutpodcast.com for all the library, Patreon links, social medias, all that good stuff. You can find it there also in the description as well. Let me know how it can improve. 
um, thumbs up, subscribe. Thank you to all the new followers, all the new subscribers. I just saw like we're up to like 50 new subscribers just this month. It's like you all are the bees knees. Like y'all are literally killing it out there. I love it. Um, so thank you for listening, watching Luck It Out podcast. Be sure to check out more Luck It Out podcast coming down the tube. Let me know if you have a request on new shows and movies that you would like to have covered. So, um, yep. Thank you for listening, watching Luck It Out podcast. Luck It Out podcast. Luck It Out podcast. Take it easy. Do you think we'll make it? Not without my team. What we do, we do together. I believe in you, Fish.